Welcome to Harvest Time. My name is Chris Harper, and our host on this program is Pastor Gary Walton, the lead pastor of Harvest Baptist Church. We spend these 25 minutes together every week telling you the stories of our church, interviewing our members and other friends of the ministry. We have two services at Harvest Baptist Church this Sunday. The first is at 8.45 a.m., the second at 10.45 a.m. We'd love to see you at either of those services. We do have Japanese and Korean translation available at the 10.45 a.m. service, and that's also when we live stream. You can find that on hbcguam.org, hbcguam.org. Let's begin today's Harvest Time by welcoming Pastor Gary Walton. Hi, Pastor. Hey, hop a day, Chris. I'm uh, so glad to be with you again today as uh, we have Harvest Time that airs a couple different times during the weekend. We're looking forward to services this Sunday at Harvest. You know, Harvest Baptist Church is such a unique place. Uh, We have the privilege of hosting uh, guests almost every Sunday. In fact, every Sunday we might have 10 or 12 different families that would come and be their first time visiting at Harvest. And as I talk with them after the service or maybe later in the week, uh, I often hear somebody talk about just the surprise of what they see there. Harvest is just a very multicultural, multi-ethnic church family, and you'd see people, you know, from all walks of life here on our island. Um, and uh, I think sometimes people are surprised by by that, just the diversity of people that are within that congregation. And uh, one of the things that we just know is that we think this is a little bit of what heaven is going to look like. People from every tribe and nation, language and ethnicity that are going to be gathering around the throne. And we have the privilege of being have, having a little picture of that on Sunday mornings as we gather together. And we're going to look into the scriptures. We're going to fellowship together. And we just love inviting people to come and join uh, along with us and see what's happening and hear from God. And so if you're listening today and you don't have a church home, we'd love to invite you to come and see. I think you'll be surprised at what you'd find, and I know I hope you won't be surprised by just knowing that God's word is going to be lifted up as we worship this Sunday. Well, I'm really pleased to be able to have with us Tom and Carol Phillips uh, in studio, and we're going to get a chance to introduce them and hear a little bit of their story. Tom and uh, Carol are actually with us at Harvest for our missions conference. As we are um, talking Uh, recording this. We're in the middle of our annual missions conference at Harvest where we talk about God's uh, command for us as believers and as his church to carry the gospel to all the nations. And uh, so although this is going to, it's you're hearing this a couple weeks later as we're recording it, it's actually right in the middle of the conference. And Tom and Carol are here for our conference. And uh, welcome to to Guam. Welcome back to Harvest, and welcome to Harvest Time. Thank you. Tom and Carol have uh, given their lives to serve God uh, in ministry, and uh, I'm anxious to have them share some of that story of how how God led them and brought them to that. They served on the island of Chuuk for a number of years um, in a couple different capacities and, ch- and starting churches and seeing Chuukis know about the scriptures and put their faith in Jesus. And then a very important ministry of, of a radio that was launched on Chuuk and is, their burden is that it would continue along with the churches that were planted. Um, and so they've had a faithful life of, uh, of uh, you know, serving God. Let, 
let's uh, ask you about how that all started. Tom, maybe we'll start with you. Where did you grow up? Um, tell us about your spiritual story. Born in um, basically St. John's, Michigan, which is just north of Lansing, Michigan. Uh, born to uh, a parents who were uh, first-generation uh, Christians. Mm. Uh, I was the youngest of five, three boys and two girls. And uh, I was always the outside kid from my brothers. <laughs> Never wanted to take me anywhere. <laughs> and uh, when I was uh, 12 years old, unexpectedly, they asked me to go with them to a Youth for Christ rally. And uh, of course, wanted to be with your older of course, siblings. yeah, so you were anxious said, to do yeah, that. Yeah, I'll do that. And uh, it, w it was there that uh, I really sensed the need that I needed to trust Christ as Savior. Having been brought up in church all my life, uh, knowing the salvation message that Christ had actually died for my sin, uh, and always having that in your mind that you had accepted that, but the reality that night came that I really needed to trust Christ as my personal Savior. And uh, then going home, it was, uh, I said, what, what's mom and dad gonna think? They thought I was just, they thought I was saved and I really wasn't. And so that was kind of a scary moment for me when I went in and told dad, I said, dad, I, I really trusted Christ as my Savior. And he was, he was glad <laughs> uh, to know that uh, their youngest child ha had truly come to trust Christ as Savior and Lord. Uh, so that's where I I started my spiritual life. You were really. you were twelve years old. Was there anybody during that time that was like a mentor or uh, an encouragement, a discipler to you? Uh, no, mm -hmm. not really. Just the general church atmosphere sure. would be at uh, uh, Sunday school. I, I don't remember any specific teachers as such. Uh, so it was just that general uh, drawing uh, of the Holy Spirit upon upon my life at that point. Carol, what about you? How does your story begin? <laughs> I was born and raised in Port Erin, Michigan, just north of Detroit. And my parents, we went to church every day, every Sunday, I mean, and the, um, we never really grew spiritually in a lot of ways, as I see now, mm -hmm. but we were consistent. And then around, I was in the sixth grade, and my parents mm -hmm. took me to an evangelistic me meeting in the local church, and I remember my mother and my brother and I going into the church office afterwards and him talking with us and I felt that from that on then I knew I was born again mm -hmm. and that I had accepted the Lord as my Savior. And as a, growing up it just seemed like I was kind of blessed in being able to be with a lot of believers. Right. And I we had a our high school, then there were different denominations, different people, but they all loved the Lord. And so that was a big thing for me at that time and for anyone, really. 
to have friends that seem to be, you know, trying to follow Jesus. That's a big influence. Right. And we're all on the same track. Mm -hmm. And so that was um, a real blessing since I had not had a lot of deep study in the Word of God. So now you and Tom uh, both grew up in Michigan, but you had not met yet, right? How did you guys meet? Correct. We went to Grand Rapids School of Bible Music. Okay. And then that was where we met. And... Obviously, a little bit later we married, and um, it, it just just seemed like I had always felt in my high school years that at some point I wanted to be a pastor's wife or a missionary, and as it has turned out, I've been both. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Was to have Tom having pastored in Michigan and then coming to the mission field. Oh, that's great. I want to ask you some more about that. I probably didn't tell you this, or my wife Faith didn't either, but her parents uh, actually went to Grand Rapids Baptist College, oh. a little bit older than you, I think, but uh, a few years before. In that part, in Michigan in general, but in Grand Rapids, that area, there was just a lot of Bible colleges mm-hmm. and young people you know, serving the Lord. There was a work of God happening up in that part uh, of the country in a very specific yes. way. Yeah. Um, so... Tom, you know, you, you talked about becoming a believer at 12. What? Why did you go to Bible college? Did you feel like God was calling you to ministry already? My two brothers were in the ministry. Okay. Uh, they were pastors. And the last thing I wanted to do was follow them. Uh, it was, oh, he's just following his brothers. I did not want to do that at all. Uh, I tried everything that I could to get out of it. Uh, my junior year in, in high school, uh, I tried to get into uh, Annapolis through our uh, school counselor. Mm-hmm. And he said, uh, he looked at my grades and everything. He said, uh, I've had several that I've appointed to, got appointed to the colleges or the uh, uh, military schools. And he said, don't worry about it. You, I'll, I'll get you there. And uh, between my junior and senior year, he left the state. <laughs> <laughs> Thought your ticket was gone, huh? And that, that was it. And uh, my, my sister had gone to uh, Grand Rapids, and so had my brother. And so I, I did go there, and that's where I met her. And uh, it was uh, avoiding the, the ministry as far as the pastoral calling is concerned. Uh, we we had our desire. We thought it was our desire to go to to missions, uh, of all places. Uh, we were looking at was going to Iceland. Wow! And uh, I look back and say, God, I'm thankful for that. <laughs> that was not the place. That's a little different uh, island. <laughs> and the uh, the president of the school always said, if God opens the door, walk through the door. Yeah. And uh, so the door was open to go into. Uh, Director of Youth for Christ in Greensburg, Pennsylvania. And we were there for a short period of time, and I recognized that I needed more education from what I had. So we went back to Detroit, uh, attended Detroit Bible College. The, the church was uh, graduate Baptist Church when Nick Weens was the pastor. And uh, he kind of took us under his, under his arm. Mm-hmm. And uh, they had a missions church. He had suggested to the church that we go there uh, and uh, pulpit supply and they they agreed to that and that was the result then of our being called to 
that mission church, which we were there five years. Mm -hmm. And at the end of that time, we thought that God was calling us to go to Europe. And uh, again, God closed the door, but he opened the door to Fredericksburg. And uh, then when we got to Fredericksburg, we were there 15 years as pastor, and towards the end of that time, uh, one of the missionaries in here in, uh, in Pompeii uh, wrote us and said, I'd like to have you come and just go through all the islands, see what they're like. And when we came to Chuuk, uh, we call it our, uh, our Chukis calling. Mm. <laughs> and one of the individuals said, uh, you, you don't need to go to, to Pompeii, uh, come to Chuuk. We don't have any missionaries here. Mm. And that kind of stuck in our mind. And uh, then God opened the door that we would, that we would come. I'm fascinated by that. I want to ask you some more questions about it. Carol, tell us about your family. You, uh, you have children? Our, yes, we had three children. Um, our oldest one passed away and is in heaven right now. Um, she had died of ovarian cancer. Mm, I'm so and sorry. then um, our other two children, let's say Mike, uh, he is in Green Bay, Wisconsin. He's administrator of Christian School there. Mm -hmm. And our daughter, Michelle, she lives, let's see, we live here there in Virginia, and she lives down about three hours from us. And But she had uh, five children, and so right now she has the four boys. Our, her daughter was killed in a car accident uh, just a few years ago. But... The Lord just really has blessed the boys and also Mike's girls. They love the Lord. They're all serving in their local churches. Mm. And so we're, we're very thankful. When you went to Chug, how old were your children? They were all married. Okay, they were out of the house right. at that time. So there was just he and I. Okay. So when I went, when we went, we were just 50. Okay, great. Tom, let's back up to that. I mean, how did you know you were pastoring a church in Virginia, you know, at that time? Um, how did you know that God was calling you, you know, at 50 years old to go pick up your wife and your family and, and move uh, to the islands? It, it was the thing that uh, just that peace that God gives you um, – it wasn't some lightning bolt as far as that. Um, it was uh, that just that confident assurance that this was the direction that, that God would have for you. Um, one of the things that I always said about my brother, uh, he always had uh, many opportunities to go to another church, and uh, God never did that with me it was one opportunity <laughs> and so this was the one opportunity and uh, we had started uh, we were on deputation with a with the mission board and uh, someone gave a false report about us and so um, we resigned from that for two years uh, we worked in our YMCA in the town that I'd pastored <laughs> and then uh, God just opened up again with another mission board because we had talked to them and they said, we, we're concerned about you. We, we want to know where you are as far as serving God in the mission field. And uh, that just opened up the door for us uh, 
that God was saying, I'm not through with you. This is where I want you to go. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, it, it was interesting. Uh, we were on deputation for a year. We had about 50% of our support at that, that point. And uh, talking with the mission director, I said, I, I just feel that now's the time to get our tickets and to go. And uh, the policy is you have to have 100% of your support. And uh, he said, I, I agree. Uh, so we went. Uh, by the time we were in Chuuk, uh, God supplied every financial need that we had from that point until now. Hmm. Uh, it wasn't that we had all of our support. We've never had all of our support, but we had all of the support that we needed. Hmm. Amen. Our God will supply all mm-hmm. your needs according mm-hmm. to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Mm-hmm. So you arrived uh, in Chuuk. Um, did you know what to expect? Were you surprised by what you found there? And then what did you get involved doing? Well, we had we had visited, uh, so we kind of had an idea. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were going to work with one of the local pastors that was there. Um, and so... Um, as we started, uh, he would have us preach periodically, and he would translate. And we hadn't learned the language, but there were certain words that we we should have heard. Uh, the word sin, teepees, uh, we never heard that. And so we invited uh, someone that knew both, both English and Chukis. Would you come out and visit with us? And we, wanna... and we found out that uh, he was not saying anything. <laughs> that we were preaching. Mm-hmm. And at that time, uh, Mato, uh, we began working with him on some language studies. And he said, uh, Tommy said, I have a real concern for my people on, on Fefan. Uh, Fefan was half hour by boat to get there. And uh, I said, well, we don't have a boat. And we, we were gonna make a trip for about six months back to the States. And I said to him, well, if God provides a boat, then we'll start the ministry in, in Pfeffin. Well, God provided a boat. Mm. <laughs> and that opened up the door for us uh, with Pfeffin. Uh, now, we, we never did learn English. Mata was our, our translator. I mean, at Chukis. We, uh, and uh, it's contrary to what everybody says you should do. But it was really helpful for us because, you know, it's one thing to know the language, but it's another thing to know the the cultural background of the language. Mm -hmm. And so as we were preaching, there'd be times that Mata would be going on and on, and I'd kind of look at him, and he'd say, I have to explain Mm -hmm. the situation. Sure. Uh, Which, if we just knew the language, language, uh, we wouldn't have understood those things. Yeah. You uh, spent time uh, both in uh, church planting, several churches were started, and then a radio station. Mm-hmm. Um, and that radio station's ongoing, uh, and you're burdened that that would be something that would continue. Mm-hmm. In uh, After maybe 12 or 13 years, uh, some health difficulties allowed you not to be able to stay there, but you've continued to come back um, to Chuuk. And you and I have talked several times. I've been so in- encouraged and challenged, frankly, Tom, by um, your testimony, your burden 
for the islands and burdened that people would go and be willing, Christians would go and be willing to live out their faith on the island and be uh, the foundation for the churches that are there currently. Could you tell us a little bit about that burden? It It is one thing to have American missionaries come to come to the islands. They have been in Inchuk for years in reality. Uh, and it was always basically one one missionary at a time. What, what was disheartening was to see uh, Carol having kids in Bible club grow up, uh, come and get a Bible education, and then not return to their homeland. The most effective missionary is people reaching their own people, I believe. And uh, right now we have uh, uh, Pastor Mike, who is pastoring the, the uh, church that was started, uh, doing a good job, but he's just overburdened. He, he's a national. But he needs, he needs other Chukis to come and assist, not necessarily as pastors, but to be of encouragement in the church and to help in the church and teaching and other things. Uh, the outreach of the church itself. I am, <laughs> I'm 82 years old. I don't have that many years left. Uh, and uh, it, it's my desire to see some of the Chukis go home <clears throat> and pick up, pick up the work. Uh, I, I believe it's essential for the work of God there. Uh, American missionaries, again, are good, but better as the Chukis reaching their people. Yeah, we're burdened for that as well, and it's really a, a, you know, a main focus, the main focus of Harvest Baptist Bible College, training uh, young people from the islands, equipping them. I mean, this is the work of the church, to equip them for the work of the ministry, and then helping them to to go back and serve in their churches and uh, and you know really be a light for the gospel in those areas and we're praying that that would continue to be that that would be the reality of the future. Many young people would go back from here. Um, One thing that that has come to my mind is the Apostle Paul. Um, he was an apostle to the Gentiles, obviously. Um, but in Romans, he says, my heart's desire for Israel is they might be saved. Uh, whenever Paul went into a village, he went to his own people first. Mm-hmm. And uh, I would desire that that would be the heart of Micronesians, is my heart's desire to God is that Chukis might be saved. Mm-hmm. And when you do that, that's going to be your thrust. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the gospel should go to, from Jerusalem to Judea to Samaria to the under, othermost parts of the earth, and uh, there ought to be this um, foundational burden for my family, my relatives, my neighbors, my you know, my my fellow village uh, neighbors, and uh, and my island. And yeah, I think God's placed that in us, and it's our responsibility then to follow to follow that call that our people would come to know Jesus and that's our burden. 
time goes so fast each time. Th- thank you, guys. <laughs> We're so glad that you're here for our conference. Um, thank you for being willing to come. Uh, your testimony of faithfulness is an encouragement to us. We hope that the conference been an encouragement to you. And continue to pray that God would bless you as you, as you strive to serve him. Even in your 80s, God is using you guys. So thank you. Well, thank you. Thank and you. Uh, Harvest is kind of like a, a home church to us. We feel the same. I'm glad you feel that. Part of the family. Well, thank you for listening to Harvest Time. Of course, at this point in the program, we always just want to invite you again to services at Harvest Baptist Church. We have our first service at 8.45 a.m., the second at 10.45 a.m. You can join us for either. We'd be happy to have you there. You can view our 10.45 a.m. service on live stream at hbcguam.org, hbcguam.org. Thank you for listening to Harvest Time.